Welcome to the Westside Personalized Podcast, where real educators share their classroom-tested, learner-approved personalization practices. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and are able to find a few valuable takeaways from the podcast. And so without further ado, let's go to the pod! Anyways, I guess we'll just start things off. I'm really excited uh, today to have Dustin Carlson, kindergarten teacher at Rockbrook Elementary School here, um, to visit for a little bit. And so uh, I'm really lucky that my daughter Moore was able to have Dustin uh, as her teacher last year in her class. That was really awesome. Got a chance to know him uh, a little bit better even from that parent-teacher role. Uh, and Dustin, I know this summer, got a chance right to, to go and do a little work with, with Apple because of uh, he's an Apple Distinguished Educator. So welcome to kind of our podcast blog series, website, whatever, uh, and maybe start off by telling us a little bit about your, how you got tied in with Apple and, and um, what that kind of looked like. So uh, three years ago, I applied to be an Apple Distinguished Educator, and the process is pretty intense. Um, however, it's worth the time you put into it. Uh, you have to create a two-minute video on how you're using Apple technologies in your classroom and then do basically a narrative or tell your story on how, uh, how you're using it and how the students are benefiting from it. And out of the thousands that applied, I actually was accepted the first time, which isn't doesn't usually happen. It's awesome. So I don't know the whole you know male kindergarten teacher part may have been a piece of it. <laughs> However, when they get there, they they tell you you know you have this feeling of I don't belong here. I'm not doing a, enough amazing things. However, they they tell you no, you're awesome. We picked you for a reason. And uh, I think it helped that that was the year we went one to one with our iPads, and it made a, a huge difference that year. And I was able to show what the students were doing with that. So keep going, I guess. No. So then from there, um, like year one, you got accepted into the program, learned a lot from that experience. And so how many years has it been since then? Uh, it's been this was the third year, and you kind of get invited back as alumni, but you have to reapply. Uh, last year we went out to Berlin, and the way you applied for that was again you created a two-minute video recapping what had happened in your classroom the last two years based around uh, innovation. So it's not just Apple technology, it's kind of like what are you doing to be innovative to help your students best succeed. And this summer in Texas that was like the main focus of having that growth mindset, um, not necessarily based on uh, what you have always been doing. Um, it goes back to that innovation piece of um, changing things. Like for me this year calendar is something that's always been taught in elementary. It's just how you start your day. But over the last three years, it's been echoed by several of these ADEs that you need to get rid of that. Uh, students will learn those same things, but if it's just part of routine, you're not using that time best. Mm -hmm. Like they said, you should wait till Halloween rolls around and the kids start asking, you know, how many more days until Halloween? And so it's a natural fit to bring the calendar in. And then instead of that 30 to 40 minutes in the morning, you're actually using that for anything else that's more productive. <laughs> Yay, it's September 27th. This is so glad. So excited. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah where it's in, within context, it's something to be excited right. about. Engagement goes and up. And not just and something you do. Plus, that eliminates a lot of planning. Like this year, I have a new 70-inch touch display in my classroom going nice, away from our smart nice. boards. And I was going to have to recreate the calendar. So instead of taking all that time to do that, now I have new ways or I have time to figure out new ways to use this new new touch display too. Okay. So how do you see that? I'm going to, we'll do a quick segue and then get back to more ADE stuff. But like, so what do you kind of envision this touch screen? Like, how's this going to benefit in ways that the smart board didn't? And, and do you have any sort of like individual activities maybe in mind already that you're like, yeah, it's going to be awesome because I'm going to do this. Well, to start with, I walked up to the, the sample one and went like 
this across the screen and you can see all your fingers on it. Whereas our <laughs> old smart boards, you can only use one finger at a time, which means only one student can use the board. Oh, Where cool. with this touch display, students can actually collaborate with each other and work on a project together. We have different programs that work on beginning sounds, ending sounds, rhyming words that students can actually uh, team up and, and practice. That's kind of more of a game-based type situation. Anything that you can do on a computer, you can do on this screen. So if there's websites that like our abcmouse.com, uh, there's lots of activities that they can practice counting, sequencing, and skip counting. The, they're very interactive. You can do those things on there too. Cool. So and I know ABC Mouse is something that anybody can sort of access for kids, right? Yes. Um, there is a special section for teachers that is free. I did not realize that, but you can oh. set up a classroom on there so your students can use so it anytime. So a parent teacher could totally sign up yes. for free too. Yes. Okay. Create gotcha. a classroom. <laughs> yeah. I'm using this at the high school. Maybe yes, not, maybe. but that would be cool for a more. So that's awesome. Okay. So you could use ABC Mouse on there. What are some, Is there anything else that you sort of gleaned from your um, ADE time you know, this summer that you're like, yeah, it's going to be great whenever I get back I'd love to just to go along with that touch display too uh, Apple came out with their new app clips in about I think it was April May of last year and I'm like well this is cool because it has live titles which is where you speak and instead of you having to go into editing and adding text on the screen to match your words so the students can see your your, your voice or hear your voice see your mouth moving but also see the words come across the screen um, and I'm going to start using those to either reteach many lessons that I've taught, um, introduce certain little concepts to students that need it. This will really break away from that whole group teaching that our curriculum kind of lends itself to into more of the small group teaching. And those students that don't need a segment, they can work on something else, um, whether it be another video that I've created that gives them an introdu introduction of what they need to be working on. Or we also um, involve uh, choice charts a lot in our classroom. And so they already have their, their separate activities they need to be working on. Because I think, yeah, technology is such a big piece for personalization. You know, to be able to, I think that's why now more than ever we're able to do more personalized pieces because you can put instruction through video online or, or in some way that they can interact like Seesaw, you know, yes. is, what, is what you've used. But then, yeah, being able to, to access that and di differentiate and you want quality video, but quality video takes a lot of time to make, and so I think that Clips app is is great uh, because you can put a quality piece together fairly quickly. I mean, yeah. When I came to observe your class, uh, so I'll just kind of like brag on you here for a minute. Yeah, it made made a video. I would say probably in the ten minutes before class, you know, yeah. enough time to get it uploaded to Seesaw, but maybe total three minutes by the time you recorded the instructions for the day, had that on there, and I was super impressed because I often hear people talk about well personalization. What does it look like in kindergarten or or you know K two? Can we really you know, uh, empower students to be able to be autonomous. And I thought it was fantastic that your students were, you know, in the routine enough to be able to walk in, go get their iPad, uh, sit down, watch a video that you'd put together. Love that the words are on there too. And then from there, yeah, to be able to, to sort of independently get the assignment that you'd set out to get that going. Uh, and so I could see yeah, a lot of potential for that as you differentiate too. Uh, it's a quick tool, so that's a really good recommendation. So you mentioned choice charts. Yeah, what are some other ways then that we, uh, I don't know, could maybe think about personalization K two uh, in in an area that people don't often, you know, think that that's even possible. But I've seen it happen in your classroom. Well, and along with that too, we are doing a lot of flex seating to offer students more choice and where to sit. Um, kindergarten, I think we've done that pretty easily in the past. They've had a lot of choice where you sit at this table, you sit at the floor, you grab a, a lap board and work on that. 
So we have anything from the wobble chairs to the exercise balls. Uh, we have little cushions, little floor mats they can work on, new lap boards for them. Um, so that there in itself offers the students a lot of choice. Uh, the choice charts that we have are both for uh, literacy and math. The literacy ones are a little bit better developed and actually I need to show you the new version I have for that because I totally gamified it because it used to be very linear because I'm a very linear person. So we had four, five choices for daily five, uh, read to self, listen to reading, um, one of them was work with the teacher, uh, word work, and then work on writing. And they were just a box, you had four of them to go to, you crossed off each one that you went to, and you know, that kind of got boring for both me and the kids. So you had to do all five essentially at some point at in the week point. or over the five like se like sessions then. Yeah. What, how did students sort of uh, pick that, I guess? Other than, so you introduce it to them, you're like, hey, you have choices, and where does that meet like them actually making decisions? So it's just a very generic board, but based on what the students need, they know what they need to go work on. So if in work on writing, we're doing um, how-to writing. Students already have a project that they started based on a mini lesson that I've taught, and so they know what they need to go back and work on. So if they're writing a how-to on how to make a sandwich, they know that they haven't finished either like step one, they need to go add more text or more details to the picture. And then as soon as they're done with that project, they can work on something else. So during that time, they would have that project to work on. For something like in word work, they would have, like if they're making CVC words, which are constant vowel, consonant words, they have lots of options within that. We have a whole shelf that has uh, different like magnet letters, whiteboards, um, games that we purchased from like Lakeshore that have different combinations of things that they can they can make with those. Uh, so you have like personalization happening both or really in math and reading and writing. How quickly does it take for you? Because I'm sure as students come in, especially in kindergarten, there's some routines that have to be established. Like what's kind of your like time frame or your scaffolding timeline between, uh, yeah, <laughs> welcome to my class and right. make your own choices on your own and work. I'm sure it takes some time. It does. If you look at day one compared to day 180, it's completely different. Day one, you have to do the normal routines of Here's how you get drinks. Here's the bathroom. Here's how you hang up your backpack. Like the stuff. No you, choice in that. No this choice. Is the potty. This is the routine. <laughs> right. Here's what you have to do. Yeah, you so. have to set that because you still have to build that trust with your students too. You can't just say, okay, it's it's daily five time. Go make a choice because you're you're mm -hmm. gonna have kids freaking out. It's not gonna work. So where do you see that kind of shift over? I guess. Or where, like where typically does... our goal is October uh, because that gives them the chance to get in that full routine. Um, especially for those kids that have never been in a school building before because they went to a preschool, that's an in-home daycare type thing. Um, it's a whole new environment. We start very little. Like with Daily Five, we teach what each choice looks like. So we tell them, here's what word work looks like and here's how you do activities over there. And then we spend, it could, it could be as small as 10 seconds just to we, so we build that constant success of working independently and by about day 10, day 15, somewhere in there, we're working for a full 10 minutes in each choice. And then we kind of open it up from there. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. We'll have to come back and chat uh, later this semester, maybe. So appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, that's a wrap on another great episode. For more information or to contact us directly, you can email our team at personalized.learning at westside66.net. As always, thanks for tuning in and learning from the Westside Personalized Podcast.